Welcome back to Rabbit Troop Sucks. Today we are going to be covering Nomads from 1986, which is a film that I've never heard of. No, th this definitely <laughs> falls uh, thematically into what we originally set out to do, which is talk about movies that are maybe, if not underrated, like how, how did this escape our, our view for so long? Yeah. And we're going to get there because there's a lot of big names associated with this and with a lot of connections to stories that you've been exposed to. But as always, I am Paul and next to me is Mike mm -hmm. and we're chugging along in 2023. How you doing? 23. How you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. How are we doing? How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. 2023 we're yeah. doing it <laughs> the world hasn't exploded yet mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know seems pretty pretty pretty, <laughs> pretty lackluster yeah. so far we did it i think we said that last time yeah no we did it well, we, we keep doing it so yeah we're continuously every week we're doing it and we're doing it for you and mm -hmm. we're doing it for the nomads uh in this movie and we're doing it well yeah so Wow. Uh, Mike, you should tell us a little bit about the director here, because this director, uh, I would uh, I would have to assume anyone listening to a podcast about just films in general is going to be like, I, I know who this director is. Maybe not by name, but by the, by the work he has worked on. Right. So this is John McTiernan's first movie. Uh, John McTiernan, his, his second movie you may recognize as Predators, uh, or pr Predator, not Predators, sorry. The first Predator movie. Uh, he also did Die Hard, Last Action Hero, um, Rollerball. <laughs> yeah, when Mike <laughs> told me Rollerball, I was like, roller you might want to take that off your resume. Well, that was the Well, then I was like, movie. wait, the original Rollerball? Mike no, said no. no. I was like, take it off your resume. Yeah. Yeah, oh my God. It's the director of Die Hard. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and also it stars Pierce Brosnan. Yes, and that that is what really caught my attention on this. Let me load up a quick introduction, overview, summary of this. A French anthropologist specializing in nomadic groups moves to Los Angeles with his wife and starts following a group of sinister street punks who seem to live and move around in a black van, but they aren't what they seem. That's according to IMDb. Yeah, that is a very... I mean, while everything in that description is kind of true, that isn't really this movie. I don't know what happened in this movie. <laughs> Mike, a lot happened in this movie. Um, a lot that I might not be able to explain to myself or to other people or this listening audience, but a lot did happen um, that I'm going to try to find out. But every time I think of this van, I, I know Mike and I have both watched the, the television show, The Goldbergs. All I can think about is Beverly, your your kids are van people now, and, that, and that's what that's what Pierce Brosnan is trying to find out. <laughs> he does want to know about those van people. Are they van people? Are these kids becoming van people? Uh, yeah, and the lead van people person, <laughs> van peoples, the lead van peoples is uh, Adam Ant. So what? Um, I. I again have never heard of this movie, and that seems just super bizarre that no one said anything. Didn't you say you read some trivia that like Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, "This is the guy." Yeah, the, one of the IMDb trivia bits was uh, apparently when they were leading up to making Predator, uh, he Arnold had seen this movie and was like, "You got to get this guy to direct Predator." Because this movie's great. And let me tell you, the connections to this and Predator and kind of the filmmaking, it is extraordinarily 
non-existence. <laughs> I, 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 well, Mike told me that trivia before I watched this and I do have some like snarky notes going through my notebook. Um, what, like what, like what on earth made you like, not you, not anyone listening, dear Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> what on earth made you watch this film? Nomads, which I'm not saying is bad. Just what, what on earth made you watch this and thought, that's the guy who should do Predator. Well, <laughs> that was kind of referenced in the IMDb <laughs> trivia. And again, like, I don't, I didn't check my sources here, so I don't know exactly what I true. think IMDb is pretty rock solid. I don't think yeah. we need to check those sources. But like, what, and I'm, par <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here, but Arnold's reasoning were, was, was that he, he really liked how the movie told a story in a very like atmospheric low dialogue way. And he thought that would translate well into Predator. I mean, it, I guess, could I mean, have, but Predator that's not is what a, Predator is. Predator is a much better movie than this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I understand, I guess, if that was the vision, that's not what Predator is. No. And I do agree that Predator is a better film than this. But I mean, but this was also this guy's first movie as a director. There's a lot of pluses for me in this film. Um, this movie for me, and I, I, I know we talk about how we felt afterwards, but I'm just going to say kind of how I felt now. This movie was almost amazing but yes. because it was one degree off from amazing it sucked yeah my, my i mike i actually couldn't agree with you more that that's why i was like i don't want to discount there are a lot of pluses in this film yeah it just doesn't it, add up it misses the, the mark yeah. a little bit like this movie is worse than the sum of its parts somehow i will tell you the a part that uh never is a plus is pierce brosnan's french oh accent. my god yeah that's that's the elephant in the room his french accent is atrocious his his french accent is like on par with a simpsons character imitating someone who's french yeah i mean oh, 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 like how you say right like it's bread it's it's, <laughs> it's actually kind of racist oh yeah i don't think it's kind i mean it's it's yeah i guess not but it is like offensively cartoonish it is right it's like in the early episode to reference the simpsons again in in the early episode marge's bowling teacher who tries to like take her out to brunch. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very good meal. Like that's basically what this guy talks like yeah. through how the whole you, movie. How you say meal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Well this French French anthropologist apparently and his wife have moved to Los Angeles. Uh, we never really know why. Uh, I just take it that he is, he says somewhere is like he's got to teach. Like someone says something I can't remember. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to teach a little bit." It might be to the uh, real estate agent uh, when they're moving in. Like, oh, "I've got to teach a little bit," and the wife's like, "Oh, like he complains about everything." But I, I really don't know why he's a nomadic expert. I'm not saying that as a diss. Like he seems like he has studied maybe one or two tribes of people. I don't know if. I'm just going to directly say, I don't think that qualifies you as an expert, just like of nomadic tribes. You might be very uh, in the know of your field. Uh, maybe right. you have some books, but he just seems like he's been like hanging around like for a couple seasons and has a lot of photos. Again, yeah. I'm not saying like that to be a jerk. It just, I'm not seeing expertise anywhere. Just no. Yeah. Like I he's mean, done it right. That That's, that's a fair assessment. Like they, they don't really go into what his credentials are. Like, I, do they refer to him as a doctor? Like, is he a PhD? Like, that's never known. He's there to teach maybe. <laughs> how you say. How doctor. you say, doctor. <laughs> um, like, he's clearly like a cultural anthrop anthropologist of some sort. 
um, yeah, and like he has pictures in their house of of like tribes and some Inuit people. Um, but yeah, like it is never mentioned. Like they do mention that he is a famous anthropologist, but so maybe, maybe he's like a celebrity anthropologist. But yeah, there's n no one. There's no bona fides here. Like no one knows what he's what he's what he's doing. Right, and the background I just gave all of you is a little more than what we were given, actually. Correct. Uh, and that that was to ease everyone in to really tell you like there is this story happening because the actual movie starts off with we get Doctor Eileen, who it is Eileen, right? Doctor Eileen. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Eileen. Um, we know very little about throughout the entirety of this film. Mm -hmm. Um, and we know. Dr. Eileen is a doctor and is really tired and uh, they're called into Pierce Brosnan's like emergency room and he's muttering gibberish or maybe it sounds like multiple languages and yeah. we do learn that he does speak multiple like a half dozen languages. When we're, when we're first introduced to him, yeah, like it, her and a couple other doctors are talking about like, you know, it's the night shift. I'm tired. This sucks. We see a clock. It's like four o'clock in the morning, something like that. And we start seeing a trail of blood on the floor. And there is a poor nurse who is cleaning up an astronomical pool of blood with like a single tissue for some reason. You don't know about the blood nurse? The blood nurse, yeah. But, but then <laughs> we, that, that, that's, that's light hazing at the yeah, hospital. Right. First day, you got to, you know, <laughs> pools on the roof, clean up the blood. Um, we, we see a Pierce Brosnan who is covered in blood, handcuffed to a, a, what the hospital bed. And I thought he was speaking in tongues at first. I didn't, I didn't recognize it as a language. We watched this movie on freebie. Is that? Yep. Yeah. And the sound was bananas. Like if you ever watch a movie that's like mixed for surround sound, but it's like dumbed down into stereo and all the vocals are really quiet, but the ancillary noise is like really loud. That's kind of what we were seeing here. Um, so sometimes you had a hard time hearing people, but like, I didn't pick up on the fact that he was speaking a real human language. I thought he was just like speaking gibberish or something. I, I actually thought it was both Mike. I thought when we kind of saw him that it was speaking in tongues, but when he goes and leans to her, he is saying something to her. Yeah. Well, yeah, he is saying something to her in French, but also at this point you are not introduced to the fact that he is French. You don't. Oh, correct. Yeah. Like you see Pierce Brosnan and you think he is going to be an Irish man speaking English and he is not. Yeah. So basically it's like, and he speaks something in French and is dead. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, well he's dead. So the nurse, <laughs> he dead. Oh, he dead. Uh, nurse Ellie, Ellie, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, shit. We just had this conversation. I, mm, Eileen, Eileen, come on, yes. Eileen, um, nurse Eileen goes over to like do something to him and he fucking pops out like, like <laughs> that he's, that doesn't sound, no, right. it doesn't. He's <laughs> everything's popping out. No, he like springs from his bed. Like he rips the, one of the, the thing that he's handcuffed to off and like lunges at her. And I don't, they show her bleeding from the ear and getting stitches later. I don't know if he bit her or well, I don't know what he did to her goddamn ear, but he just like freaks out kind of, I don't think he meant to attack her, but accidentally did. And then he is dead. Correct. In in the showbiz, you call that move "My Fair Lady." That's what that's what, <laughs> that's what they call that. That's yeah. That's a little pro tip. So I, I'm not I, I'm not in the industry, so I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> well, when you hear that, when you hear the lingo, okay. you'll, you know you belong. Perfect. <laughs> Just like a nomadic tribe. Yeah, <laughs> they've adopted you. I, I think this is basically like an allegory for Boba Fett. Like basically, is it? <laughs> yeah. no, I didn't pick up on that either. I'm not an expert though. 
Yeah, I think this is where they got it. Um, I think uh, just if you're a fan of Star Wars and you're like, wow, you know, what an original story. And you watch Nomads, you're like, that 1986 movie really told the story of Boba Fett and the uh, back to tank. And hmm. where, where do the mods come in on their stupid space? Scooters? That's the van people. The van people are <laughs> that's, the Adam, mods, yeah. that's Adam Ant. I mean, it's writing itself. Yeah. Goody two-shoes. Goody two-shoes himself. <laughs> Adam Ant and... Uh, Fuck, uh, Mrs. Goody Two Shoes. No, what's the the other <laughs> Doctor? The other musician in this movie, like the weird racist one, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent, yeah, Ted Nugent. I I didn't like he's he's listed as an Maybe. actor in this movie. I know he did some of the soundtrack. So okay, <laughs> to backtrack, the soundtrack for this movie fucking slaps. Yeah, yeah, it's it, the soundtrack's like super fun. Um, I, I even noted the the score itself. I mean, yeah. you've really got to be into it. I'm into it. It's super synthy kind of role playing 80s music. Um, yeah, the first it. song that plays, I don't remember what scene it is. I wrote it down, but I, I don't know what scene it was. That first, yeah, that synthy like drum track, that was dope. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is like guitar shredding and it's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's 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 super weird like glam metal. Like yeah. I don't I, I wrote that it sounds like crawl metal. That's my new genre where it's crawl like crawl metal. Yeah, I just kind of imagine like weird rat videos and stuff where people are always just like crawling and squirming around. Like if the band's not playing, it was mm-hmm. always like a like a half dressed woman like just like gyrating on the floor. <laughs> That's the kind of music that we're listening to. Um like real weird, like I don't know, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to describe this, but yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the soundtrack throughout all this. And if this is this guy's first movie, I kind of want to know the connections this guy had. I mean, I have this weird movie. It's done through multiple perspectives. It's going to be kind of this headspace, weird head trip movie. And someone's like, "Do it, Let's do it." Yeah, <laughs> this right. guy's going to go on direct Die Hard, best Christmas movie. Uh, everyone, everyone has grown to love. That's true. But yeah, yeah. So the music is good. I, I don't know where Ted Nugent was, but he was in this movie. Also, for all of your, you know, your crawl metal, <laughs> um, nightprismband.com. That's where, that's the hot spot for you. Uh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the only place. <laughs> yeah. I should put something there. <laughs> Probably. Where, where, where are we? Oh, yeah. She, I don't know. Okay. Well, she is, uh, the doctor, Dr. Eileen, mm-hmm. she, she's okay. Like, I don't know. Pierce Brosnan kind of attacks her, but no, like, like, like accidentally. I know it yeah. sounds like kind of weird. Like he's possessed. Well, yeah, he's but, freaking out. Yeah, he kind like, of lunges at. It's like literally his last move on Earth. Right. Like, I mean, you can't really blame this person. He's having weird spasms, but she gets a ton of stitches for this, and yeah. I did not see that at all. I mean, the doctors take like five minutes to put in stitches. I kind of like the scene because they're talking to her, and it's kind of an interesting scene where it's. You know, you're clearly a doctor. You know what's happening. You know what needs to be doing. Oh, we need to be doing. But it's like one stitch, and she's really not enjoying it. No. But yeah. Yeah, I, I like the beginning more of this movie more than the end. Because, like, at first, you know, you see Pierce Brosnan. He dies immediately. And, and then no one really talks about him for the next 10 minutes. It's just, like, people in a hospital going about their thing. Um, they're like, that sucked. That was weird. Um, and you just kind of – it. it the, the, I was hooked at the beginning. I was like, I, I want to know what's happening. Um, Nurse Eileen goes home uh, to her sad apartment where she has a mattress on the floor. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't, I feel like maybe they were trying to tell us something with this, but it didn't land with me, whatever it was. But 
Yeah, like mattress on the floor. She opens up her fridge and it, there's like five V8s and some English muffins in there. <laughs> All, yeah, it was. I wrote that, Mike. It was V8s, English muffins, and maybe like a third of a jam. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so you know, but I mean, she's got her fruits and veggies covered. Yeah, good job. Um, and she takes one of those V8s, uh, and she goes and like cries in her bed for a little while. As as you do. <laughs> well, with, with V8, yeah, should have had a V8. And then she has some weird dreams. There's there's some dreams all throughout this film. People are having weird dreams. Sometimes they're real. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're a little glimpse into what's happening. I don't know. Yeah. Take your Harry Potter knowledge and throw that out the window. You don't know. You don't. No, know. you don't know. Well, so she does. She has a conversation with uh, with her friend, other female doctor. I like the friend. Yeah, I yeah, also don't. Know, I don't know this person's name. They're no. never really introduced. No one really says anything. I'm gonna look this person up. I want to know her name. But this is, I feel, one of the unsung heroes of this movie because she's kind of tough as shit all throughout. Like, well, she was easily the best actor in this. film. Oh yeah. Um, and, and her her character was like the only person who was doing normal things yeah like hey my friend like eventually my friend disappears like i'm gonna go find her like all right like you seem like <laughs> right. a reasonable person <laughs> yeah all while dr eileen is losing her goddamn mind um okay since paul's doing stuff i better look at my notes um yeah so they're they're having a conversation they find out that he was an, an anthropologist like oh he was kind of they, they mentioned that he he was famous in some way that neither of them had heard of him um might be Cassie. Cass, Cassie. Cass, no, that sounds right. Dr. Cassie. Um, but n- now we see uh, Dr. Eileen is starting to have flashbacks. And from here on out, the rest of the movie is jumping back and forth between Dr. Eileen. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing this is what was happening because I genuinely don't know. Dr. Eileen reliving moments from Pierce Brosnan's life. Yeah, and you are correct. Okay. And sometimes this is done in just kind of like sit down vision format, right. where like the visions and these experiences are basically like absorbed into right. her. It's kind of like a dream. Or sometimes we find out she's yeah, step by step just things, yeah. reenacting those things, um, which involves the wife later on. I'm like, well, how is this happening? What yeah. is go- what's going on? The, the way the the way the movie was cut together was kind of interesting because there were a couple times, and clearly this was a deliberate choice. I personally think it was a bad choice, but it was obviously deliberate where they would, like you would see like Pierce Brosnan in one of these flashbacks, like doing a thing, and he would look over his shoulder and see his wife. And then we, it would you would just snap ahead to the future and it was Dr. Eileen in that moment. And like, it was, it was very disorienting for me. A lot of these scenes were. Yeah. I mean, just because uh, one, like it was super erratic. I mean, we never knew when it was going to happen, when it was like actually happening. If this was again, is this all in your head, a kind of dream? Are you reenacting these kind of things? Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like the cutting and the pacing of all of these kind of perspective moments, which I actually is like a, for me a strength of this film. These different perspectives, but the execution of it is, is the failure for me. And yeah. maybe Mike, that's where you're saying this movie like was a step away from being like kind of brilliant. Um, but the editing and kind of just how it's all put together, just not so brilliant. I don't think it was terrible. I don't think it was like. Wow, that was just straight up awful. I'm just like, mm. no, I I enjoyed watching it. Um, I'll, I'll probably never watch this movie yeah. again. But if you know, for you listeners out there, like, you know, spoiler alert, 
I, I'd watch it. Um, even knowing what I know now, I would watch it. Like I wouldn't watch it again, but like after you listen to this, if you're, if you're having thoughts on, should I watch this movie? I would, we can talk more about that at the end, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost really good. There's a lot of, there's a lot of worthwhile stuff. You'll see the older woman from happy Gilmer. (laughs) <laughs> happy Gilmore's grandmother is in this movie correct <laughs> so t- take that world and she has been that age forever that is correct um but so we're we're, we're kind of having kind of a long form flashback here and we see Pierce Brosnan and his wife I don't know what his name is I don't know that I ever picked up on it uh I probably have it written down somewhere uh, it's uh Jean Charles but I just wrote PB everywhere is uh, Pierce yeah Brosnan. um <laughs> Him and his wife are moving into this house. They have a lot of like <laughs> the the we want you to think these guys are anthropologists starter kit. So like you know they have like a lot of wooden framed things and like shields and ethnic <laughs> yeah. As, as Mike was like like everything was housed by like world market cost plus. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like they bought everything from like a Pier One Imports or something. Yeah, I mean it's like so we have, we have like. The uh, the fur rug that we're sitting on, uh, we have, but we have crate stools and like crate furniture, and yeah, yeah. And then it's like the uh, the photography of the expeditions they've gone on, and right, yeah, ex- exactly. Um, but they're they're getting settled in, and uh, I don't I don't really know what's going on here, but like Pierce Brosnan goes outside to get something from his car, which is like a sweet old Fiat for some reason. I like that, but uh. There's, there's like, there's a graffito tag on his garage door. It says something like kill, pigs kill or. Yeah. Something like, uh, something like sex death or, uh, but yeah, like pigs kill were the last. Yeah. Words. Sex death pigs. It, it wasn't like a sentence. It was super Marilyn or not Marilyn, Charles Manson. <laughs> Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he sees this and he's like, well, that's, that's kind of fucked up. And he opens the garage door <laughs> and then there's, there's like more writing on the inside and, and it leads to a rug that's filled with blood and then like news new clippings I of like people that were murdered and committed suicide in the house. Right. And I didn't pick up on this. Like you see it again later. Um, I, w- one of, can I, can I spoiler alert here? Um, one of the nomad people that you see on and off, like was one of these murder victims or like someone that that hanged himself yeah yeah you like he was referenced like i didn't pick up on this at first I yeah mean, it, was, it was someone like uh they were in prison they committed suicide yeah it was something. like a murderer yeah. in prison committed suicide and i think it wasn't that adamant that was adamant yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, and so here's something I'm not fully understanding, and maybe like uh, I think later on uh, the translation comes, uh, but they're like translating this French, and um, early on, uh, Doctor Eileen is asking her friend. Oh yeah, we kind of skipped over that. And it was like, oh, like the last words he said were like something in French, and it was like, um, uh, they are not there, and the woman's trying to figure out. Like that was the translation. Like they are not there, and later on, I, I think I have more of it, um, but. As as Mike noted, spoiler, because we're I'm still kind of trying to piece this movie together. We yeah. just kind of watched it. Yeah. So um, if this if our description sounds disjointed, it's because we don't understand. Well, so a big piece of this movie is this house is supposed to be somewhat haunted. Or, I at or, no point did I pick up on that. Yeah. So like all the translations are like this house is calling these people to them. I don't know why and I don't know how, but yeah, like I, that is like, cause like later, like a crew of like 50 plus people roll up, like, but it's like this 
portal, this nexus. Like I, I have no idea why this is the case. Um, no. It, and it seems like really coincidental. Like they were just like tagging like the garage and Pierce Brosnan, if he just kept to himself, I guess would have been fine. I, may, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. One, his, his re, he needs to have a talk with his realtor because you should disclose that. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. When you buy a house and it's a portal to hell, that is, uh, you get at least 10% off. Yeah. Um, in our market, probably like 2%, but. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> you get it for $400 a month, like in the Sentinel. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I didn't pick up on the house being a center point. Like I, Paul is right. I do believe that's the case. Did not pick up on that. Um, so in a lot of these flashbacks, when they're kind of panning back and forth between PB and Dr. Ellie, Dr. Eileen, sorry, um, they like flash to black and white photos of like African tribes, people, aboriginals, Inuits. And the whole movie, I was thinking like, okay, he came back from somewhere like possessed with a thing and that's what's causing this and this is kind of and he passed it on to dr eileen i don't believe that's clearly not anything that no. happened i don't know why they kept cutting to these photos of people i well i i, I think okay so i think the correlation that we were supposed to make is i could study any group of people these people are street thugs. Right. I'm going to become rich. I'm going to become notable that I am this anthropologist that went into the wild to study these, these what what at the time was this movie eighty six yeah. these exotic cultures um, that people never heard. But really, I'm going to study America and its youth and these yeah. punks. Well, and that he, that was the correlation I think they're trying to make. And that's that's a good point. I didn't because that because he just Jim Quick just. He's like, I'm getting a camera and I'm going out there. Yeah. So he's seeing all this graffiti in the blood rug. Um, and, and then he goes <laughs> the inside and he's like, he's getting his photo gear ready. And his wife's like, what, what are you doing? I thought we were going to bang. He's like, no, no, I'll be right back. I just got to take a walk and take some photos. And then I, we, he's basically, cause all these quote unquote nomads, they look like a bunch of leather daddies. They're all just like dicking around with this sweet van. And he's, you know, he's kind of following them. And we find out he's following them like four feet behind the Oh van. yeah, it is he is the worst at this. <laughs> and but. then and they they get out, he like jumps out and just like runs like into behind a tree. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Uh, but we we find out that he's been chasing them around for I think it was 30 hours, the wife said when he got home. Like you've been gone for 30 fucking hours. And this is where he kind of explains what Paul just mentioned. He's like, like they live in this van. They just, they never stop moving. They go to they're, restaurants. They're van people. They're van people. <laughs> um, you know, and he never says like, I'm going to study them. I'm going to make me famous, blah, blah, blah. But like, you can tell he's like, this is like, this is a culture that I've discovered that no one's really talking about because I'm a cultural anthropologist. How you say <laughs> cultural anthropologist. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's kind of following him around. Um, and we're now we're kind of, we kind of cut back and forth between, there's a lot of switching between what his wife's doing at home, what he's doing. And Dr. Eileen just kind of screwing around. So, Part, yeah, there is a lot of screwing around. 
Part of it comes back to he then goes back out and he's like snapping off photos. Yeah. But there's this elongated scene where he is just snapping off crotch shots. Oh yeah, he's like, and then like literally, <laughs> and then that sounds really dirty. But he has the camera. Oh yeah, literally, like right in front of his crotch, just snap, snap, snap. It, he's like but, trying to be discreet. Like he's got his jacket sort of nearby. Yeah, but, he's eating a fucking hot dog. No, like this is not a joke. Imagine just walking down the like uh like uh what's the, what's the boardwalk that goes out to the ocean. <laughs> like a boardwalk of like a pier yeah the pier sorry the pier from the boardwalk sorry from the boardwalk he buys a hot dog then walks down the pier and imagine with one hand he's got the hot dog in a jacket and in his other hand he's got a camera in front of his crotch and it's a it's an 80s camera it's like bigger than your whole hand so snap 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 and he's just like turning around snap 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 <laughs> a guy even looks into it snap 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 like, yeah no adamant clearly yeah. sees like everyone sees him doing it i don't <laughs> of know of course everyone sees like even if you don't have supernatural powers <laughs> right come on. i don't know yeah <laughs> but so you know cut to nighttime and um now now that they're starting to wild out a little bit the one I don't know if he's their leader, but he's definitely the craziest looking. He looks like Fender Tremolo from Cyborg. Mm. Um, he like he throws a barrel at some guy's car, and then yeah, it I, goes really he goes he goes zero to video game quick on that. One. Yeah, he does. He goes total <laughs> video game. And then I don't know if it's the guy whose car he threw a barrel at, but he's firmly shaking both fists at him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's shaking both fists. He's doing the like the blood sport thing. Um, but they, he now they he follows him into like some kind of back alley warehouse thing, and he sees them straight up stabbing some guy in the face. I, yeah, isn't that just? I think that's just a random guy. Yeah, I, yeah, because yeah. because I think the guy's car that they just like destroy like a video game, like it was like Donkey Kong or Street <laughs> Fighter. Um, that guy just shake. I think that's like an older gentleman, and then I want to say it was like a younger blonde okay. dude that they was. Yeah. Whoops! He's like being beaten in a sewer. It was like a video game. It's like the bonus <laughs> level of Street Fighter Two, where you have to beat up the the Lexus or whatever. Yeah, that's I mean, what they were doing. Roundhousing a Lexus yeah. is very satisfying. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, he sees them stabbing this poor dude in the face, and his response is to say, "Hey, and, stop!" Wait, while they're throwing the body. In while a they're throwing the body in a dumpster. <laughs> um, which reminds me of one of my favorite cinematic moments. Was it the X-Files? It was the X-Files. A <laughs> <laughs> um, little inside joke for literally no one else on the planet. And Lamar. And Lamar, yeah, okay. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, God, that X-Files movie sucked. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, stop. And then they, of course, see him and acknowledge that he is there, and they start chasing him. I want to talk about this chase scene. Okay. Because... Getting out of this chasing, which he does, yeah. is like winning a lottery ticket. And this guy just won't give it up. <laughs> so all the thugs are like, it, it was very comical. It's like, get him. It's like, snap, get him. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really do that, but like Adam uh, kind of gives, <laughs> gives him a look. And then everyone goes full force and starts running after this guy. So he, last ditch effort, gets under a parked car it's kind of beaten down it seems abused gets under the parked car and a a good handful of the thugs surround the car 
And you as an audience member are left wondering, do they know he's under that? Like one girl clearly like puts her foot right in front of the camera. Yeah. She's like throwing matches down and like smoking a cigarette, throws, throws the cigarette butt down. They're all talking and they walk off like, ah, oh, we must have lost them. So he, my, yeah, my impression was that they were fucking with him, but I also thought that, but then they're gone and he gets out from under the car and goes back exactly where they came from and just starts snapping off. Right. Photos. Snapping off photos, literally five feet away from them. <laughs> like you could touch him from where they were standing. They basically do. Well, they, yeah. Adamant's like, sup. And he sends one of the sexy nomads over to do like some kind of awkward strip dance on the trunk of a car, which he is taking a photo of. And this is not an exaggeration. The camera is maybe six inches away from this person as he is snapping these photos. That's correct. With a humongous grin on his face. <laughs> yes. He's really enjoying this. Yes. Um, but we don't see any more of this. We, we cut to him at home. Talk, he's talking to his wife now and his wife starts slapping the shit out of him. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she does. And he is trying to justify it. He's like, Hey, no, they're nomads. And now we know why the movie's called that. <laughs> I, I like, <laughs> I like that. That's how Mike told the story. I wrote, gets home, tries to diffuse things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. He does not. <laughs> no, he does not diffuse things. He, he ignites things. Um, so now, we're cutting back to present time. Well, you know, not, not a, a PV flashback. We have Dr. Other doctor, um, Cassie, Cassie, normal person, doctor. Uh, she is now with police in Dr. Eileen's apartment. She's looking for this person. Yeah. She's also like in charge of it too. It's just like, well, Hey, like, no phone's one else ringing. Did... Like maybe we should pick up the phone. They're going, oh, okay. Yeah. The phone's So she picks up the phone and like, you know, There's so, like some professor, some anthropological or like uh, language arts. Uh, yeah, like, like we're we're meant to. We infer that like Dr. Eileen has previously, after you know, sometime during this happening, she called an old colleague of hers from school, um, and he's like trying to help translate something that, like something that Pierce Brosnan said on his deathbed. Yeah, I, I, I think it is. And he's like, oh, you know, we really couldn't find what we're saying, but we have this, you know, Inuit translation. It really kind of highlights that it's going to be like disastrous and madness. And basically like it's highlighting that there's this entity could like take on a human form. This like spiritual nomad could like take on a human form. Uh, but that's all we got. She's like, oh, that's great. It was mm -hmm. kind of funny because the guy's like, well, I don't want to really get into it. There's a lot of jargon and stuff yeah, like that. Uh, I can call back. She's like, no, 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 tell no, me. No, she's like, I'm curious. He's like, all right. <laughs> the guy's like, I got nothing. No one, no one ever calls my department. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> right. He was excited to help. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, she takes down these notes and she's kind of piecing together like, okay, my friend's crazy now. Um but, uh, you know, she's concerned, like she's trying to figure out what this guy said, like it, it, that clearly has affected her. She, she doesn't know that she's having weird flashbacks, uh, but she knows something's up. Uh, now, I think, is when we see we're back in Pierce Brosnan land and he is we have a photo developing montage because um, he has like a dark. You laugh, but I mean, that's. We, we <laughs> I'm laughing where this goes. Okay. So yes, we do have a photo developing montage 
And then we he develops the, the 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 photos, and it's everything he's taken, but none of the people, none of the, like the group of the van people, uh, are there. So like like there was a I think I, like so there was a couple of pictures he took in front of this building that was uh, the address was five three nine. A bunch of pictures with Adam Ant, and it was like him looking one way, him looking down, him looking off, and like very notable pictures because as he was doing it, it was kind of a freeze frame with each picture in the film. So it's like, snap, there's this picture, snap. So now we see it again, but he's not in any of them. Whoops. So that's awful. So <laughs> what I'm laughing fully about is Pierce, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan uh, then plays an illustrious game of hide and seek <laughs> with the van people amongst the trees in the mist. That That is his go-to move where... Well, who are these damn van people? I'm going to find out. So he runs in the middle of the night and starts, like, I'm not joking. Like, there's a woman behind a tree. She steps out. She steps in back. Where did she go? He runs behind it. <gasps> she's not there. But then she's behind him. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, what's going on? Yeah, th this is where this movie started to really come off the rails. Because I don't think I understood anything that happened from this point on. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's playing hide and go seek with the, the ghost lady or whatever. And then he runs into, I, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but he was, I think he was trying to get away. So he, he goes back to, and that's why I have the, the number he goes. So these ghosts or whatever these van people are, <laughs> uh, van people, whatever these van, these ghostly van people are, they lead him back to five, three, nine. Yeah. And so five, three, nine from the outside Looks like Kevin McAllister's uncle's place that's getting renovated in Home Alone 2. Correct. So you're like, okay, so it's like an outdoor apartment. There's like a stoop. Right, like it's in. an old brownstone kind of walk-up kind of deal. So he walks in and like, what's going on? Like, I'm going to hide from the van people, but they've kind of led me here. So he walks in a room and all of a sudden it's uh, Happy Gilmore's <laughs> grandmother as a nun with a mag flashlight. And she's like, hey... Like I'm a nun and this is a nunnery and yeah, well, and all of a sudden he is in the largest building on earth. Yeah, well, I, I think he's in she, a museum. I think she calls him by name. Oh, he does. She does. Yeah, and he's like, she's like, oh, I have it right here, and he's like, bitch, what you got? <laughs> um, and he, he does touch her. It was interesting because yeah. he's like, none of this is real, and he does grab her hand mm -hmm. and takes her flashlight. Right, but we see that she's blind. Yes, so she she. That's why she's walking around in this dark shithole. Uh, but she's got the flashlight for him. Um, but he, so he continues to run around this whatever facility he's in it for some reason. Infinite it's infinite. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, never ending room. There, there's a point in time there in a hallway that probably goes. I don't know that like if this was a house, it would probably have like not jokingly like I don't know like 15 bedrooms in the hallway. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it was like, it was it was really big. Um, and then we. I, I'm guessing it was the nomads all pile in, but they're dressed as nuns. Is that, were they, were those the nomads or were those other different? I think it was just random nuns. One of them had their titties out though. I think there was like a weird nun orgy and okay. then like nuns screaming. And then it was just really a quick flash. It was like, yeah, it was like a bunch of nuns screaming. And then she's like, you gotta go. <laughs> well, we also see like <laughs> what I inferred was the dangling feet of, Happy Gilmore nun who had hanged herself. Mm -hmm. Is that, did you? I did not see that. Okay. Yeah. They kept cutting back to like the dangling fields. Like, is she, 
she dead? Was she ever alive? Who are these titty nuns? She was also like cutting them like, I don't know, like bunt cake and promised tea. But yeah. she was very insistent. She's like, well, I don't have lemon. Yeah. The, but yeah. What kind of ghosts are these? What kind of like, operation is Like, this? I'm not going to give this to you anyhow, but I'm going to tell right. you honestly. He didn't get tea one. I, I'm not going to give you lemon. Yeah. Even if this is real tea, you are not getting lemon. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I don't... I don't. Well, she, well, she also tells him something. Okay, She's what, like, what is she telling? you could pack up right now and leave and just run. Like, you could start a new job and start a new profession and you could get out of this. Like, you could literally do this right now if you do this and you should probably go. And he does not do any of these things. Well... We don't really know what he does because the next scene is him waking up in his car in a start and smashing <laughs> his goddamn face on the windshield. Yeah, that's the worst. It <laughs> is the worst. Um, we call that the Denver omelet. He, yeah. <laughs> he then gets out of his car and I think beats a guy to death with a tire iron. That's Adamant. Adamant. Beats Adamant to death because Adamant was there. Apparently. He, well, he doesn't start with that. So he gets out of the car. And he sees like the, all the crap on his uh, garage, like sex, death, mm. pigs, all that stuff. And he's like, oh, and he, like, <laughs> as Mike said, he like, he smashes his face. Then he gets out of the car and Adam Ant is there. And it's, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this. Pierce Brosnan then starts to walk towards his house. Like he's going to open the front door. And then Adam Ant is behind him, like he's chumming around, like, hey, bro, we're about to get like a drink at your mm -hmm. house. And then Piers Brosnan was like, whoa, you're going to enter my house too. He doesn't say that. Right. But then they push each other down some steps and then get into the street. And then Piers Brosnan beats the hell, well, you think to death out of Adam Ant rolls him in the bushes a little bit, then goes upstairs, takes off all his clothes, looks into the moonlight, like, <laughs> and then goes to proceed to have sex with his wife for like 10 seconds. Until he starts crying. And then he cries on his wife. Yeah. And then it's a beautiful morning and everyone wakes up refreshed. <laughs> that, that's, that's the transition. <laughs> that's part of their intimacy. Crying is their love language. So now all of a sudden it's, I'm guessing... The next, it's it's a morning sometime in the future. And we have Dr. Eileen. Was this when she's in the sheets? She's like wrapped up. In she's she wrapped up in sheets. Yeah. And we see, like she wakes up and we see that she is in Pierce Brosnan's house. And she is talking to Pierce Brosnan's wife. And I, I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know how any of this came to be. Um, yeah, I... I'm kind of at a loss here because this is what I said before. I'm like, was I just taking too many notes? Sometimes when she's having these visions, Dr. Eileen, this is sometimes when she is having these visions, it's just like, oh, I remember, but sometimes she's reliving things. Right. So she is wrapped up in sheets next to Dr. Or, uh, Piers Brosnan's wife. She, Piers Brosnan's wife is in a robe. Right. I thought they just slept together. I it's also kind of, thought it's that. It's heavily alluded to. And then later, like a few minutes into it, she's like, no, you slept on the couch last night. But I'm like, this woman just came to your house, started talking to you, like weird stuff. Like, what the hell let you let this woman in? Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, my guess, and I'm, I'm filling in gaps here, but like, you know, my husband has been missing, or I'm assuming she knows that her husband is dead because um, he died in the hospital and I would assume they would have told her. But she's like, my husband is dead. This crazy woman shows up at my door who is clearly 
going through something that is similar to what my husband was going through. This woman needs help. I'm going to let her in and she can pass out on my couch. Or maybe she was like possessed but lucid and is like, I was the doctor who worked on your husband. I need to talk. But that could have been as well, but but we don't know. We're not showing any of that. I mean, can you just like, (laughs) it's just as the audience member, it's like, here's some van people. Here's some weird stuff. Okay. Now you just wake up and you're next to this like dead dude's wife, but we're both kind of like half naked, just wearing robes and sheets. Yeah. What? Yeah, th- that was what? weird. Well, and yeah, you make a good point about her the possibility of her being lucid because every time we see Dr. Eileen, she is wigging the fuck out. But also we know that she has lucid moments because she's calling old colleagues and asking for help. Like she's clearly making I f- decisions. W- I feel when we get to this point in time of the movie, this is when we see her more lucid. I totally agree. Like yeah. throughout the other times, like she's like so far gone due to like almost like trauma caused dementia that she's just like dejected, just like no one could console her. She's not talking. She looks like famished. Then there's other scenes is like, oh, I'm just at a party doing stuff. I'm like, whoa, what? Like, right. Because even so as soon, like the friend gets in touch with her and it's like, oh, I've been trying to call you. Like you've been missing. She's like, nah, I'm cool. Yeah. The, 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 Dr. Cassie calls <laughs> Pierce Brosnan's wife um, and <laughs> Pierce Brosnan's wife answers. She's like, oh, it's for you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they kind of reconnect. Um, she's like, I've been looking for you. And it's like, oh, yeah, don't worry yeah, about like, it. I'm over here. <laughs> okay. I'm over here at that house uh, of the guy who died <laughs> while stabbing me in the ear. Um, yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, do you want to know? No. Do you want to get to know? No. Uh, we, we have another weird <laughs> Pierce Brosnan flashback where him and his wife are on like the roof of some building and then he sees like one of the this is such a weird this the 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 skyscraper yeah like they're on top of a skyscraper and like one of the nomads shows up and he doesn't do anything he's just like standing there but Pierce president throws him off the roof this whole sequence of the scene is filmed like a broken dream it felt like like that yeah. yeah it's like gray and washed out and it's really like everyone's wearing like very like purpley 80s attire and they're like oh ha ha we're on top of the skyscraper look at the look at the other skyscrapers it's like really weird and then they look down and then all of a sudden Pierce Brosnan looks to the left and then there's yeah there's that like the macho van person yeah but he He's like hot stepping around. Yeah, like he's, he's not doing anything he's, threatening. He's, he's like just cartoony. Kinda, yeah, he's like he kind of leans in between. Like I don't know that the wife is even aware of what's happening. Probably because this isn't a real person. But he like leans in between and is like, "Hey, big stuff." Yeah, he leans in them like he's Pepe Le Pew. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like he goes down to the ground, then like pops up and is like shoulder rubbing you. Like he all of a sudden got too close. Like boing. Right. Like. Well, hello there. Like, that's what he's doing. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. And it's super weird. And (laughs) then Pierce Brosnan is like, no. And kind of like slowed a dream sequence. And then he's like, and throws the guy off the roof. If I'm not mistaken, the guy flips him off on the way down. He does. (laughs) That's correct. Class move. That is a classy move. So I I don't know what the context of this flashback was. Again, at this point, this movie is just, it's kind of, it's kind of going bonkers. That. That was just a straight fake dream. Yeah, that the doctor has. That never even happened. 
Oh, okay. That, that's Dr. Eileen's dream that she wakes up. From. Well, she does wake up. And as, so, so that's the bonks right. thing of this film. Like you're like, which perspective? Sometimes it's not yeah, even a sometimes perspective. It's just no some random it's just, dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when, when, so when she was talking to Dr. Cassie on the phone, Dr. Cassie was like, I'm going to come pick you up. Like we've got to get you out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, and we see Dr. Cassie going, uh, going for the drive and I don't, we never see her again. I don't know if she makes it or not. Um, but the, the nomads kind of, kind of try to carjack her a little bit. Yeah. And one of them's like hanging out the window. Oh, well, I think we're led to believe Dr. Cassie dies. I believe that as well. Um, uh, but like, we don't, you don't see it. Yeah. Um, she's just like driving around like, get the fuck out of my and, car. And we don't, and we also don't know if this is like some kind of like prophecy dream that, Dr. Eileen is yeah, doing. totally. Because at, at, up until this point, like you, we are being led to believe that no one can see these people, other than other van people. Pierce Pretzel, <laughs> yeah, um, van people see van. Pe Do you see only, van people? <laughs> Rabbit troop sucks, listeners. I'm going to tell you right now. If you can see van people, I got bad news for you. You're a van person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yikes. Um, but uh, so while they're while they're waiting around the house, uh, they. They're looking through photos. Or I don't fucking know. They're looking through photos. <laughs> and memory boxes. Yeah, yeah. They're looking through the like they're the, braiding each other's hair. Yeah, and they they find a picture. This is the, an, either another or in the same picture of Adam Ant. It's like inmate commits suicide. And it's, yeah, it's, that, yeah, yeah, that that's what that's what we said before. That's when we find it. Yeah, out. Yeah, this is when we. But wasn't that the same one of the same newspaper clippings from the beginning of the movie though? It could have been. Okay. I, I genuinely don't know. but I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of newspaper clippings covered in blood and a rug. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but so there, now she's kind of piecing together what's happening, I guess. But then, boom, the gang's all here. There's a lot of them now. Because I think previously we had seen maybe. Well, we, we, didn't, we didn't discuss the fate of Dr. Cassie. Oh. Or, yeah. So Dr. Cassie is at like a stoplight and this woman is like trying to sell flowers, like flowers, like coming by her car. She's like, no, nah, I'm good. And she yeah. really sticks it in. She's like flowers. And then it's like, ah, oh, no, I don't want it. And, and then the woman like peeks her head in. She's like, get the hell out of my car. And then a guy actually jumps in the car. It's crazy. Cause she drives off and the, this is the real stunt work. That yeah, he's guy just hanging out of the car. Yeah. There was like a real human being on the side of a car and she, clearly sees this and just tries like U-turn like and just side swipes. It looks like driver side first, like right into a Mack truck going head on and yeah. you don't see her die, but that's when you see, uh, you, you never see doctor. her again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but now yeah, when Dr. Eileen wakes up, yeah. yeah, when Dr. Eileen wakes up. Um, but yeah, so the, the previously we had seen maybe like six nomads and now on motorcycles, there's like a hundred, Oh, like going into the house? Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. There's a bajillion people now. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny, too, because they're, like, running in. They're like, oh, no. And so they look outside, and, <laughs> like, people are, like, no, no joke, like, people are coming from, like, down the street. Right. Like, there's, like, a rally parade. And, like, right. I, my heart sank for Dr. Irene, uh, <laughs> Eileen, Eileen, yeah. Eileen in this moment. Because um, I was like, ooh, you screwed now. Um because it's seriously like holy crap! Like three people, you might be able to fight off, but you've got you've got right, like it's, it's all of them now. Yeah, you got people's got vehicles. They've got guns. Well, one of them is on a motorcycle, and they drive that motorcycle directly through the window of the house. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They'll come in any any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So they're they're coming in. They're kind of chasing him around the house. 
uh, and they they decide to hide in the attic for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I feel just they're just trapped at yeah. this point in time. So they have one of those pull down uh, ladders that they just immediately pull down and start running up. Yeah, which, and, th- and there's enough bad people in the the place they could have easily pulled them down. Oh, for sure. And so you know they they kind of start bashing through the little. It's like whenever I see that kind of pull down ladder. Uh, attic thing. I obviously I always think of Christmas Vacation. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, they're they're hanging out up in the. They go up there. They start watching. <laughs> right, old they're watching films. films they're wearing, wearing like ladies' gloves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the the nomads are trying to break in. They're like they're busting through the door, um, and then then they stop and they all leave. I guess they don't just stop. So <laughs> they, like, disappear. The woman who had flowers that mm-hmm. kills Doctor or helps kill Doctor Cassie. She's like the last one to come. Well, she's like the main person in the attic. Like imagine the attic, like entrance with that ladder, like that trap door. She's there and she looks at the wife and the wife gives her kind of a look like I've got it. And then the woman's like, mm, and yeah. sulks oh, yeah. back. Like she peeks her head up. They're making eye contact. Yeah. Like the wife gives her like a, I, I got this and is petting uh, the, the doctor's head. <laughs> And then that's what we see. And we're like, all right. And then, like, the whole crew leaves. It, it's, it's, it, it reminds me of weird science when they, like, stand up to, like, the, the party and, like, all the Mad Max people come mm-hmm. in and they're like, get the hell out of here. And they're like, whatever, call me if you ever want to get coffee. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a teacher. Like, uh, I hope you don't bring this up. Like, and everyone <laughs> right. just kind of backs up. Like, that's how people leave. Like, like oh, sorry we destroyed your house, but, like, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. All right. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all just kind of like slowly back out of there, um, and then uh, yeah, I wrote is wife in on it? Demon stop. <laughs> yeah, we no one knows, but wife and Pierce Brosnan, yeah, Pierce Brosnan's wife and Doctor Eileen get in a car and just get the fuck out of there. Um, and as they're driving, they see a motorcycle. <laughs> and the motorcycle, they're like, oh, fuck, it's them. The motorcycle swerves and pulls over into, like, a rest stop. And surprise, it's Lorenzo Lamas. It, that's exactly <laughs> what I wrote down also. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is a straight-up renegade moment. Um, yeah, so, like, the, the motorcycle pulls off and, like, oh, pulls thanks. the helmet out <laughs> off and, like, the, doing the, the hair shake out. And then we it, the pan and we turn to see it's Pierce Brosnan. Looking back, all fucking sultry. Yeah. What was he wanting? I don't know. <laughs> like, hey, stop. <laughs> yeah, like, look, it's me. I'm a nomad now. No one knows what he wants. But then they continue to drive, um, and we see that they're leaving California. And as soon as they cross the border, he drives away. Yeah. Which I'm, in, in, I guess it means that they're... The nomads are only in California. I think it means that if you, I'm sorry, listeners in California, but if you live in California, you are a ghost and you are a van, mm. you're a van ghost person. And when you leave California, you could start a new life um, somewhere else. I think that's the moral of the story. I think is a moral of the story of the director probably being like, I need to get off all the drugs I'm doing <laughs> and leave California and maybe put my put my life back together and I need to write Die Hard and Predator because I have I have a life mission. Yeah. I have a calling. <laughs> a Christmas calling. <laughs> he does have a Christmas calling. 
So uh, how, how did you like Nomads here, Mike? Yeah, well, I mean, to, to echo what I said before, like, I'm glad I watched it. It was it was interesting. And I feel like with a couple tweaks, this movie could have been really good. Um, one, Pierce Brosnan did not need to have a French accent. I don't know why anyone made that decision for any reason. Like, whatsoever. it didn't enhance the story. Like, the actress who played his wife was French. Um, yeah, I mean, why, like, who gives a shit? Right. Why couldn't he have just been himself? Like the, the fact that he himself was a French anthropologist, I agree with you, added absolutely nothing right, to yeah, the story. It, it, like he wasn't. It didn't matter. I mean, he, and again, if it was it him needing to know French, it, they said he knew half a dozen languages. French could have been one of them. Yeah. I mean, he like he could have spoken. Right. Okay. With his French, normal with his English wife, accent right. and, you know, a lot of. People in Europe know more languages than we do here in America. That's more normal for them. Um, I, I don't think anyone would have batted an eye at a, a British anthropologist who knows French. Like How dare you? I'm sorry. How dare you? Sorry, <laughs> I, that was insensitive. He's Irish. <laughs> Top of the Mars. <laughs> <Yeah. sir. laughs> <laughs> now, if he had okay, that yeah. accent. Oh, it's just me, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you put a, can, can you use that accent in a dire circumstance? Like, I'm a van person that has broken your house. What's your reaction? <laughs> oh, my wife. The nomads, they're after me. I got Pure this one imports. I got I got this one. I'm on a crate. I'm petting this porcelain elephant. We're gonna be okay. You want me to light a candle? They were after his lucky charms. Do you need do you need bath beads? <laughs> How many curtains do you need for your house? <laughs> do, you, do, how many, do you sleep on a sack? Do you want to sleep on a sack? <laughs> I sleep on a race car bed. <laughs> do other cultures sleep in race car beds? Yes. What cultures are they? Let's talk about those cultures. Did you read any other trivia about this film or this director? I mean, I'm just kind of curious because, I mean, this is just miles away from Predator, Die Hard. Um, I, I mean, this... The the director also wrote this. This is more my fixation with it. It's not that, okay, the director did this and then did Predator. I'm like, wow, the director wrote this film. I mean, this clearly meant lots of things to this director, or these yeah. allegories or these metaphors. I don't know what's going on. The uh, No, the, there's not a lot of amazing trivia. Here's Okay, here's a piece. Um, the, the, the person that calls to, like, explain things that Dr. Cassie talks to. That oh, was, the guy we don't see on the phone? Yeah. I think I know who that guy is. Do you, Who is it? I don't know his name. I no, think I it is it. the director, John McTiernan. Oh. Um, well, then. I did, I, did, I did and did not know the answer. Uh, Pierce Brosnan worked again with John McTiernan in The Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, yeah. Which is a movie. Yes. Tis. Isn't it a remake? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe this explains... <laughs> the, the dumbass French accent. Um, the film's protagonist, Pommier, mm -hmm. is that his name? I have no idea. Okay, mm -hmm. well, that's what it says. Uh, was originally meant to be played by legendary French actor Gerard Depardieu. Wow. Mm -hmm. But he said, no, I don't want to <laughs> do this. And Pierce Brosnan was like, okay. He said, nah, brah. <laughs> um, this was his first movie role. He, previous to this, he, was, he had only been in Remington Steel. Or was known primarily for Remington Steele. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that was still brought up when he was James Bond. Like, oh my God, but this is his past. Like, that's, wow. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, this is that's not interesting. Uh, second screen appearance from legendary singer and songwriter Josie Cotton. Yes, yeah, she was in here. Um, yeah, the heavy I metal part. With, the heavy metal part of the of the music was by Ted Nugent. Nice. Um, the Nuge. Yeah. The real estate agent from the beginning is Nina Falk, a classic film noir star and scream queen of the forties and fifties. Classic. Classic. <laughs> In the French dubbed version, Pierce Brosnan's character is not French. <laughs> he's German and he's called Johnny Bauman. Uh, th- that honestly <laughs> makes more sense in my mind. Like, yeah. It, so yeah, I guess going back, you know, to all this, I definitely would yeah. recommend this movie. I think yeah, this yeah, movie is sure. interesting. I think if you want to kill an hour and a half and watch kind of an intriguing film, you should totally do so. If you like Piers Brosnan, uh, like I know Mike and I do, especially as a James Bond, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, totally watch it. Uh, knowing the director, I, I mean, oh my God, he again directed Predator and uh, Die Hard amongst other films. That's amazing. Um mm-hmm. To see his origins again. Would I rewatch this film? Probably not. Maybe again once in my life, yeah, just maybe. like down the road. But it would be a long time from now. But uh, I don't think it's a it's a it's a bad film. But again, I agree with Mike. It's a it's a missed opportunity. But again, it was a guy's you know first first film. So. Yeah, I mean, good effort for a first film. Well, I think viewers, if if you're not familiar with uh, Mr. McTiernan and his body of work, you should start here with his first movie. And for the second film you watch, you should jump to his final movie, Rollerball. That's you, his final movie? <laughs> I think so. Oh, that's unfortunate. And you should watch those two movies. That's unfortunate. Um, and then you'll never go back. But unfortunately, where, where does Last Action Hero fall on that list for you? Like chrono- chronologically? <laughs> no, or like, for, the, for the viewer's recommendation. Well, no, I mean, if you if you if these were, if those were the only two you watched, you would probably never go into anything else. Um, but no, yeah, if... Honestly, if you're going to watch John McTiernan's catalog, there's only a handful of them. Just go from start to finish. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, you know, you'll start with a weird bang and you'll end on a terrible bang. Um, but in the middle, there's some gems. Even the Thomas Crown Affair, I, I think I've only seen that once, but I remember being like a decent heist movie. Um, and Pierce Brosnan does not have a horrible accent in it. So that's a plus. <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, Last Action Hero is dope. We should watch that again. I haven't seen that movie in ages. I think Lamar would be down for Last Action Hero pretty much at any point in time. Do you think that's a movie that we could talk about? Is that like, I mean, to me, that's a pretty, it was a pretty well-known movie. I don't know if that falls into the theme, but I do like it. I don't know. I mean, I think because we were alive and we witnessed it, that's one thing. But like for anyone listening to this, that's a newer generation. Like, what are you talking about? Like that is an Arnold Schwarzenegger film that's buried like E.T. Yeah. Atari. That's that. <laughs> yes. That's fair. Um, I guess we don't have, uh, we don't have age demographics for our listeners. I don't know. I don't know how old you guys are. I mean, are. if you're all listening, just please just, you know, fill out a survey. Uh, how old are you? What are your allergies? Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you live? What's your income? Yeah. If, um, uh, if you're really young, what your parents' credit card numbers, whatever you use to buy, like, legendary items on games. Yeah. Oh, um, if you just want us to hold on to your, like, PayPal and Venmo mm-hmm. information, I mean, that's fine. I mean... We'll only use it for emergencies and yeah. lunches. But you can send all of that um, and any other things to uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We actually, I believe, got a couple recommendations, a couple listener suggestions. Hey, one of our listeners, Colin, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we, we will be talking more in touch with you soon. And I believe we might have gotten a secondary uh, request as well. 
We'll have to talk about that off air. We'll have to talk about that offline, yeah. Well, well. Um, But you can also find us at Rabbit Troop Sucks Podcast. Um, You can also... You can listen to us on the website, and I was I was talking to one of our listeners who actually had a a couple pieces of feedback from someone that they recommended listen to us. So that we're we're gaining listeners, which nice. is good, and we're getting feedback. This feedback was passed on to me, and we'll talk about it off air. Um, but apparently, people do listen to us on the website. Uh, on the website, yeah, interesting. So for people who do go to the website to stream the episodes, uh, previously we only had the three most recent up there and it would just kind of cycle through so you couldn't go back uh now you should have access to awesome so you can you can listen to the whole catalog on the website now and you visit us on instagram or facebook yeah um yeah so that's how to find us you know say hi make recommendations uh if they're good we'll we'll probably talk about them yeah or you know if you're like i want to be a local sponsor and they're like i want to i want these guys to eat my sandwich (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) if you want us to eat your sandwich you know (laughs) Literally, figuratively, <laughs> metaphorically, we'll eat that sandwich, viewers. We'll eat whatever you got for us, um, especially if it's money. And coming up next, uh, I can't directly say what we're going to be covering, but let's just say it's going to be an extension of a new year kind of time. So mm. uh, buckle up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I feel because, I feel threatened. <laughs> because we're, we're, we're going to have a good time. But yeah, thanks for listening. As always, uh, you know, stay in touch, as Mike said. Um, Stay classy, Denver, Colorado. And Mm -hmm. for all of you who are listening, and we'll be back next week with something super fun. As always, a rabbit troop sucks. Rabbit troop sucks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! (laughs)